0: Blog Talk Radio
1: Good morning everyone, welcome to the Women of Golf Show, I'm Ted Odarico and joining me is LPGA professional, Cindy Miller and we are your hosts. We're broadcasting live every Tuesday morning from 9 to 10 a.m. Eastern here on the blogtalkradio.com network bringing you some of the best golfers, teaching professionals, and entrepreneurs helping to elevate women's golf. We're so glad you decided to join us this morning. So grab your coffee and let's get started. All right. Good morning, everybody. And thank you once again for joining us uh, here on the Women of Golf Show. I'm Ted Odarico and uh, right alongside, of course, each and every week is LPJ professional and Legends Tour player, and my friend Cindy Miller. Good morning, Cindy.
0: Good morning, Ted. How are you?
1: I'm I'm doing fantastic. Uh, very very excited this morning. We've got a great show. We've got a young lady uh, off the uh, Symmetra Tour is going to be joining us, Esther Lee, in here just a moment, and then a little bit later on, uh, we're going to be joined by uh, another. Of your LPJ Class A professionals, uh, Jordan Lynch is going to be uh, joining us here on the second half. So we're very, very excited. We got a great show for everybody, um, and uh, it's uh, it's it's fall. It's uh, it's still a little hot down here in Florida, Cindy, but we're getting close to fall. How are things up in Buffalo?
0: Uh, it's a little chilly, but it's sunny, so there's still hope. No snow yet.
1: No. <laughs> All right. As I mentioned, uh, we've got a great show for you this morning. Um, I'm just going to tell everybody a little bit about our first guest, and then uh, City and I will we'll, uh, bring her on to the show. Uh, as I mentioned, her name is Esther Lee. Uh, she's 24 and a native of Los Alamitos, California. Uh, she spent her freshman year of collegiate career at uh, Duke University before transferring to the University of Colorado, where she was a two-time All-Pac-12 uh, first-team selection. Uh, she was also a three-time medalist. Uh, for the Buffaloes at the 2015 Bay Area Intercollegiate, uh, 2015 East and West Match Play, and 2016 Dick McGuire uh, Invite. Uh, she's also a two-time uh, Women's Golf Coast Association's second-team All-American and a CU Female Co-Athlete of the Year uh, in 2015 and 16 as well. She's also the recipient of the 2017 CU Female Career Athletic achievement award and recognized as the team MVP each of her three years uh, competing in Boulder. So very well um, accomplished. Uh, She also started her rookie year 2018 on the Symmetra Tour, uh, where she played uh, nine times uh, across 14 starts and earned a best uh, season finish of tied seventh on two occasions and at the Forsyth Classic and the Four Wins Invitational. And this season she's made 18 starts so far, Uh, through the Garden City uh, Charity Classic, uh, capturing 11 top 15s and a career-best runner-up result at the second annual Valley Forge Invitational. So, Cindy, let's welcome our special guest to start things off, Esther Lee.
0: Good morning.
2: Good morning. How are you guys today?
0: We're doing great. How are you? I'm good. Thank you. (laughs) Yeah, we're
1: doing fit. Well, we're happy to have you. Um, Cindy, do you want to start off? Do you want me to
0: You go right ahead?
1: All right. Um, all right. So Esther, let me just ask you, again, uh, on behalf of Cindy and I, welcome to the show. We're, we're excited to have you. Um, I, I just want to recap just something that I mentioned here just a moment ago, and then I want to get your thoughts on this. Uh, as I mentioned in, in 2018, which was your rookie year, you played in 14 events and made nine of the cuts, uh, finishing, uh, twice at, uh, tied for seventh. Uh, this season was fairly similar. You did a little uh, much better. Obviously, uh, many top three finishes and a runner-up at the Valley Forge Invitational. Um, Would you say overall, obviously, uh, you would love to have had a win in there, but overall, are you pretty happy with your performance the first uh, couple of years on the Symmetra Tour?
2: I mean, I think everyone who plays out here would like a win, and that's what we're all playing for, but... No, this year I'm I'm really happy about how I've been doing, and it, it's a lot more consistent how I've been playing as opposed to last year. So last year was my rookie year, and it was a huge learning curve um, just to get adjusted to golf outside of college and outside of junior golf. So it was a big step, and I – learned a lot and this year i kind of took
1: all that and it's just just working out really well yeah what was um just very quickly and then i have another question for you before i i pass it over to cindy um you know you mentioned it was a learning curve what what specifically um did you find different about playing in your first year what was what surprised you and and what sort of um not nearly caught you off guard, I guess not the right way to put it, but were there, I guess surprises would be the best thing. What things were you surprised about when you got out on tour?
2: I think I had certain expectations of what it was going to be like, but I think the one thing that really surprised me was the amount of travel that we were doing. Um, I think that was the hardest thing for me to adjust to, was having to play every week for multiple weeks in a row, because I had never done that before and I didn't realize how tiring or how mentally draining it could get. So.
1: <laughs> yeah, you needed a lot of sleep I'm sure on on those uh uh stretches. And and you're right, you know, Cindy and I have have had the pleasure of, of interviewing a number of young ladies uh from the Symmetra Tour this season and that's uh, I, I think a sort of a resounding theme that many of them talk about is the the traveling component uh, and, you know, some long stretches where I think at one time you guys had, I think it was seven or eight tournaments in a row. Uh, That's a big stretch, uh, back-to-back like that. Um, Let me ask you just one other question, and then Cindy, I'm going to give it to you. Um, Do you think you need to improve a particular part of your game in order to make that win happen, and if so, what part?
2: I think it would be putting. Um, so far this year, I've been putting really well. It's just every week, there's just a couple of putts that I miss that, you know, it, it was kind of it for me. Like, if I had made just a couple of more putts, I could have definitely won a tournament so far this year, but um, I've been pretty solid throughout the year with ball striking and off the tee um, and with putting, but every player to tell you the same thing that there's always a couple of more putts that they could have made but i think going <laughs> moving on with my career i really do want to focus on becoming a better putter because at the end of the day it all comes down to can you make the putt so
1: right right i'm i'm actually surprised at that, that uh would be part of your answer only because i, I looked at some of the stats before we uh, we came on and i think and unless something's changed i think you're ranked number one in putting so you're actually uh yeah. you've got uh a, yeah you've got a pretty good solid putting stroke to to get to that uh, number one on tour um but I, I understand what you're trying to say i think i think that's smart um cindy go ahead i know you got some questions
0: I'm going to shift states a little bit here and ask you why you transferred schools.
2: So when I first originally committed to Duke, I was kind of caught up in the whole going away to college idea. And I didn't, I don't think I ever just kind of sat back and realized how far North Carolina is California it's almost as far as you can get from where I grew up and I think for me I had a really hard time adjusting being so far away from home at that age just because growing up and playing golf I was constantly with my parents or my brother and I had never really been separated for them from them for a long period of time and I found that I struggled with it a little bit, and I didn't have that same level of comfort that I would have preferred, Um, so when I decided to transfer, I was thinking about, well, I want to be closer to home, but I don't want to be right at home, and I mean, there are so many great schools in California that are within 25, 30 minutes of where I'm from. The deck almost seems a little too close, so I thought about Colorado, and I'm originally—I was born in Colorado, and we moved when I was in first grade, and I still have a ton of cousins out there, and aunt and an uncle. So um, I thought it would be a good fit, and it ended up being really great. So did
0: I? I, I commend you for knowing all this and transferring, and. We, we have a lot of listeners that are young you know, students that want to play in college and maybe eventually try to play on the tour, so I'm asking you these questions just to share with them that it's okay for you to be happy and that it's oh, yeah. really important. Yeah. yeah, I mean, you've got to be okay with where you're going. My question is then, the coach at Duke, did they give you a release?
2: They did. Um, that's
0: awesome because what that means is they release you. If if they don't give you a release, you have to sit out a year, which is terrible. So our son did the same thing. He started at Ohio State University and then transferred to Augusta State, and Ohio State did give him a release, which is great, so he didn't miss a beat and he kept playing. But you absolutely have to find a place where you're comfortable so that you can play your best and be happy so good for you thank you that's awesome um my next question is why are you like so consistent
1: how often
0: do you practice how confident are you sure of what you're doing with your swing this is absolutely awesome you're not afraid to go low you've got every single piece you need to be a star on the lpga tour for a really long time
2: I think the conclusion that I've come to with consistency, it comes down to experience. I think um, you just have to be able to be comfortable with all parts of your game, even if you feel like somewhere, like your ball striking isn't as good as it was last week, or and you just have to be comfortable enough to adapt to just that week how you're playing that specific week because it changes week by week on how you're hitting the ball and stuff. But I've just learned to adapt and play with what I have. And, I mean, one week if I'm starting to hit a little bit, I I hit a natural draw. So if I'm playing a little bit of a bigger draw, I'll adjust for that. Or, you know, and I think that is a because I'm comfortable with adjusting my game to how I've been playing. I think that's been a big factor in how I've been so consistent this season. Um, and that's, practice, that's awesome. Like practice, it's like we all we all practice. There's not a single player out here that doesn't practice. But this so so late in the season now that we're all kind of just running on zooms and we're conserving energy and we'll only really focus on areas of our game that we need to. Um, so for me that's mostly been short game and putting so and it's been working out so I'm happy to say that overall it's just about being comfortable with your swing and your game. I
0: totally agree with you and no freaking out just chilling and saying this is me and I've got what I need and I just have yeah. to produce the shot at the time when I need to happen and I'm just going through the motions that's the other thing is I think you know like you just said, we're all exhausted at the end of the year there's three tournaments left everybody wants to be in the top ten to earn their card but the point is is there really is no beginning and end because you're trying to play golf for the rest of your life, you know and, yeah the more you just work on it and say ho hum here we go it's just another shot and don't put any extra added value on each particular shot or tournament the better you're going to produce
2: yeah that's definitely it's definitely true i mean there is a little bit of added pressure right now just because we're so close to the end and it's we're so close to finalizing the top 10 and who get to move on to the LPGA next year but I'm trying. I'm trying my best not to think about it and just playing how I've been playing for the last 18 weeks. So, and
0: that's all you can do.
2: Yeah.
0: Well, good luck. That's awesome. Ted, go ahead.
1: Um, Esther, let me just sort of on that theme. Let me ask you something. You know, Cindy and I, as I, as I mentioned earlier, have had the, the pleasure and honor of speaking with a number of uh, the young ladies from from tour, and Something that many of them said and, and i don 't know if you 're at that point or if you 've been at that point uh, so far in your career, um, but there came there came a, a, a moment, if you will, that many of the young ladies started to recognize that and, and i don 't mean that they were taking away from practice or or working continue to working hard, but there came a realization that they needed to to really focus on just having fun just really enjoying the moment not getting caught up in the stats not getting caught up and and having to grind it out but just go out there and play the best golf and win lose or draw they're going to be happy with it as long as they gave it their best shot and ultimately they just want to go out and have fun and interestingly enough in many of the occasions they ultimately went on and won um a, a tournament so do you think you're at that point that you've said to yourself, you know what, I know i got to work hard and I've got to get out there and grind it out, but at the same time, I want to just have fun. I'm not going to worry about whether I win or lose. I just want to be out here because I enjoy it, I love the game, and I want to have fun. Do you think you're there yet?
2: I think I'm not quite there yet, but I am getting close. I mean, I've talked about this with friends and family over the past year is that, I have been enjoying myself a lot more this year than I was last year. Last year, um, I did put a lot of pressure on myself, and I think it kind of hurt me in the end, but this year I just came out with a mindset that, okay, like you've done this before for a year, and now let's not, let's have fun. I mean, you've worked towards this goal for so long that it just became kind of second nature, but you've never really had fun. I mean, playing golf is fun, but sometimes we're so hard on ourselves and we give ourselves extra pressure that it can kind of give you a little bit of stress and take away from the fun. So this year, that's something that I really tried to stop doing and was just enjoy every week being in a different place. And so, I mean, I'm definitely closer to that point than I was last year and I think that it actually has been very helpful to kind of relax and enjoy the process more than just thinking about the end goal. So.
1: Yeah, and, and I agree. And, and that's really the point that I was getting to is, you know, as you mentioned, you've got just a few short tournaments this week here, and then you've got a couple more after, uh, and then the season's over. Are you going to be okay? I mean, obviously, I know you want to win, but are you going to be okay if you don't win? in the next three events.
2: I think that coming out here, my goal was to make it into the top 10 on the Mm -hmm. money list. And right now I'm sitting inside the top 10. So I think at the end of the season, if I'm still inside the top 10 and I haven't won yet, I won't be disappointed because I've accomplished the goal that I set for myself. So, I mean, I've been close a couple of times this year, but I just haven't quite reached the finish line. But I, so far, I'm extremely happy with how I've done. So there's no no disappointment there that I haven't won one yet.
1: Yeah, and, and you know what? I think with anything, and as Cindy mentioned a few moments ago, you know, you've got all of the components. You know, if you were mixing up a, a, a sort of a secret sauce of, Of success you've got all those components and I think the win is going to come naturally um, and I think many wins are going to come uh, in your corner Um, but I think that you know as I was alluding to I think you just have to and and this is what many of the the girls have mentioned coming on the show is there came a point in time that they had to release that pressure a little bit and say you know I'm just gonna go out there for me Uh, I don't care about the win I don't care about this obviously if it happens that's great uh, and they certainly strive for that, but they're not going to put undue pressure and say, well, I've only got so many tournaments left or I've got to get in the top, whatever. Um, they just wanted to go out and just, and, and play for themselves and enjoy it. And, and as I said, ultimately the wins came. Uh, I want to shift gears just a little bit. Uh, obviously this past weekend was a Solheim cup uh, and uh, team Europe and, and uh, went on to obviously defeat uh, team USA. Um, but I think that everybody on both sides played phenomenally well. Um, do you enjoy that match play format and would that be something that down the road you would love to be a part of a Solheim Cup?
2: I mean we don't get to play match play very often but I do enjoy it a lot I mean I think back to junior golf and all the team events that we played and I was on the junior Solheim Cup team And I did play on the Junior Ryder Cup team, and they formatted very similar to how they play the Solheim Cup and Ryder Cup. And um, I look back, and those are some of my fondest memories of junior golf, and I really enjoyed my time. And I think playing for the U.S. on our Solheim Cup team would be an amazing experience, and it's definitely on my checklist of things I want to accomplish. So... It's just something about golf, if you combine it into a team atmosphere, it just makes it a little bit more special since we don't, there mm-hmm. are hardly any team events. So,
1: Yeah, it's, I think it's a little lonely. That's what people I don't think realize, you know, for, for golfers, especially at your level uh, and, and Cindy's level is that, you know, most of the time, with the exception of a match play format, uh, like a Solheim Cup and, and there's other things out there as well, other events, um, you're playing by yourself. It's just you and the golf course. And I'm sure that can get very, um, you know, trying and difficult because you don't have your teammates to sit and sort of, you know, pep you and get you ready to to get out there. Um, you've got to go out. You've got to be your own cheering section. So I, I'm sure that's got to be difficult at times. I, I want to just ask one other thing and then, Cindy, I'm going to pass it back to you. Um, I want to forget about golf for a second and just give us an idea of what Esther likes to do away from golf to have some fun.
2: I actually I mean when I do get the free time, I am a big fan of listening to music. I mean, music has been a big part of my life growing up and um, that's something I'm always looking for new music and new artists. But I think the one thing I do the most is read. Um, I kind of, it helps me forget about golf, just getting into a good book, and it's, I love reading, so yeah, I can be kind of dorky with that, but it's something that I really enjoy (laughs) to do, so most off weeks, you'll see me with a new book, and just kind of hiding away for a little
1: bit. Um, yeah, I think, but, uh, yeah, nothing, nothing dorky about that. I think it's, uh, I think any time that you can get into a good book, a good story, uh, you know, whether it be real or fiction, I think, uh, <clears throat> I think can only help you grow as a person. So I think that's fantastic. What about anything else that you enjoy?
2: Um, well, when I'm home, during the all streaks we we and my friends we always try to go find a new restaurant or a new type of food to try. Um, surprisingly like I, I live very close to the beach but I'm not a huge fan of the beach. Um but we do go down to the pier a lot and explore but I'm really trying to think of things that I do during the off-week, and all I can really think about is a lot of my off-weeks are spent eating food and kind of catching up on sleep, (laughs)
1: Right.
2: (laughs) nothing too exciting.
1: Well, I think you obviously need a lot of rest when you're playing those multiple weeks in a row, and and, uh, it's well-deserved, and nothing... Uh, I think that's great that you and your friends like to try some some new things. I think that's always uh, good to help you grow as well. Um, Cindy, any final thoughts or questions you have for Esther before we let her go?
0: If you were sitting down with five young girls who were in ninth grade in high school who were working on their games and trying to get Better so that they could play in college, and they were struggling with their game. What would you tell them?
2: I would tell them that ninth grade, they're 14, around that age. Yeah. Um, I would tell them that they still have a lot of time, and they don't have to be frustrated with anything because they have time to learn and to practice and that right now at that age, they should be focusing on enjoying the game and making new friends and experiences through it and that the rest with the right amount of practice and dedication and experience, all the rest will come later. And I would just tell them to have fun because if they're, have, if they're not having fun, they're not going to enjoy it. And if they're not enjoying it, then it's really hard to get better at it. So that would be my number one advice is to have fun. You don't have to put that much pressure on yourself when you're 14. Um, Once they get a little bit older, they'll realize that if they're having fun, it's going to help them in the long run because they'll enjoy golf a lot more. So... I think if looking back, that's what I would have told my 14-year-old self was to just have fun with it and take advantage of the experiences and the memories that you can make through golf. So.
0: Awesome. Thank you.
1: Great words to, to live by. Well, Esther, um, we want to thank you very much for joining us this morning here on the Women of Golf Show, and we've uh, enjoyed your thoughts and input, and uh, as Cindy had mentioned, we have no doubt that you've got many wins uh, in your future, and uh, good luck this week and the next few weeks, and uh, most importantly, as I said earlier, go out and have fun. Just enjoy it, and, uh, and just be um, sort of caught up in, in just the fun and just the, the enjoyment of the tournament.
2: I definitely will. That's, that's the plan. It's to just enjoy myself these <laughs> last couple of weeks. Great job, Sounds honey. good. <laughs> Thank you yeah, so good much luck, for having me,
1: guys. Good luck, this, yeah, good luck this week in Alabama. Thank you. Bye-bye. Right, bye-bye. You know, uh, very quickly, I know we got to do a, a quick spot and then bring on our next guest, but, you know, it, it, it was so true this season, was it not? How many of the girls all said the same thing, that, you know, during their low points and, and whatnot – that they really refocused and decided, hey, I'm just going to go out and, and enjoy the moment, have fun, and not worry about put that extra pressure. And I think a lot of them had that same sort of philosophy. And I think once she gets to that point, do you agree that I think things will change a little bit for her? I mean, she's number one, like I said, putting and, and very high up in most of the stats. Um, so she's got the game to, to win. It, it's just I think, I think she's at that point where... Um, She's getting caught up in herself. What do, what do you think?
0: Oh, I don't think so at all. I think she's totally consistent. I think she's played all year. You cannot make yourself win, or we would all do that every week. Uh, <laughs> I believe that she's yeah. got uh, she's got the right mindset, and you know, right. It just hasn't been meant to be up until this point. Right. You know, I she's got everything yeah. she needs to to win a lot and i think she's going to be fine she's going to be in the top 10 and she'll be on the lpga tour next year
1: yep sounds good all right cindy very quickly set up the spot and uh and then we'll introduce our guest
0: well do you use the game of golf as a business tool go for it everyone knows business deals are made on the golf course Knowing how to act is just as important as how you hit it. As an LPGA professional and corporate trainer, I offer workshops, seminars, and executive retreats to teach you how to do both. From the back nine to the boardroom, improve your team from the inside out, or golf 101 for executives might be the perfect fit for your team. Maybe it's time to make some deals on the course. For more information, go to cindymillerinc.com.
1: All right. Um, Cindy, we're going to bring out our, our next uh, guest here in just a moment. Let me just tell everybody a little bit about her, uh, and then we'll, we'll bring her on the show. Uh, our next guest, of course, is Jordan Lintz. She's an LPGA Class A professional and the Director of Instruction at the uh, Roanoke uh, Country Club in Stratford, Connecticut. And uh, She is, was born and raised in Rapid City, South Dakota, uh, Jordan encompasses a true Midwestern hardworking mindset uh, an all-around athlete uh, grew up in playing every sport that she could uh, she could uh, get her hands on if you will uh, finally focusing on basketball volleyball and golf by her sophomore career in high school uh, she earned 10 varsity letters well at Stevens High School and was given the top Raider award her senior year for top female athlete uh, following her high school Uh, She attended the University of Wyoming and was recently inducted into the University of Wyoming Hall of Fame uh, back in 2012. Uh, She was the first UW women's golfer ever to win an individual uh, conference championship and excelled at Wyoming from 1996 to 2000. Uh, Played uh, for a number of years on the LPGA's Futures Tour uh, and other uh, events. Uh, Currently, as I mentioned, she is enjoying her fifth season building her business, uh, JL Golf, at the Roanoke Country Club in Stratford, Connecticut, where she continues to passionately teach golf as well as still competing in a few uh, small professional events uh, throughout the year. So, Cindy, let's uh, welcome our, our special guest in the second half, Jordan Lynch.
0: Good morning, dear.
3: Good morning, Cindy. How thank you for you having today? me. Everything's so great. We're so glad you're here. Well, thank you so, so much for having you-
0: me. Oh, you're welcome. We're so glad you're here. Um, Jordan and I were together yesterday. We were lucky enough to go play Friar's Head in Long I- mm. on Long Island, and Long Island, on Long Island, and we were able to raise a bunch of money for uh, a thing called the Retreat Inc., where um, they serve battered and abused women. And we had an unbelievably wow. awesome day yesterday. And were, I I have you played there before? I had uh,
3: the privilege of playing there last year as well, and it's just uh, an absolute treat. And what a great uh, what a great cause. And the people we played with
0: were mm. outstanding, and it's just uh, it's a pleasure being able to to do that. <clears throat> we are really lucky, and this place oh my goodness, it was like yeah. you died and went to heaven. It's yeah, it, it's pretty amazing. <laughs> So anyway, go
1: yeah, ahead and start I, I, us off. Yeah, I, I think I yeah I think I saw a couple of posts that you had put up, Cindy, about that. And and kudos to both of you and and all the others involved for for raising money for certainly uh, a very worthy cause. Uh, and that's one thing you know, Cindy, I really love about. Uh, golf is that there's so many great people not only you know that get out and play golf but actually do so much to give back to a variety of causes much like uh, you guys did yesterday so uh, you deserve to play in a wonderful course Um, Jordan I'm Ted of course and uh, I want to ask you something before we're going to let you obviously talk a little bit about what you're doing specifically but uh, to help the game but uh, I want to ask you something that I I think puzzles a lot of people out there and, and it's about obviously our amateur golfers what do you most what do most amateurs not get when it comes to golf?
3: Um, well, I mean playing in a lot of these programs you see so many different things and and so many of them um are focusing on um just you know, they think that every shot should be, you know, the the best shot and the perfect shot and they uh yesterday I had a discussion with a gentleman We were talking and he said, you know, over every shot I've got 20,000 thoughts in my head and I just can't figure out which one I should think about. And and then I'm trying to do this and trying to do that. And um, so I, 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 I talked with him a while and I just said, you know what, let's just focus on something in the setup, something to start the swing and finish. And I had him do that behind the ball and I said, move up to the ball, just trust it and swing. Go. Just go for it. You've got it in there. And um I so for the next 3 holes we we worked on basically it's kind of just a, a pre-shot routine but it was a lot of it was a mental routine and with whatever swing he's got right then and there just trust and go you know I I gave him the ability to have those three three thoughts and huh. go and that um he said that after a few holes of working on that that helped him a lot and I said also you know maybe our expectations uh no one's going to be hitting every shot perfectly. I said, you know, in, in reality, uh, the best golfers are really the ones that,
1: that really
3: have the best misses, to be honest. I mean, we all are going to miss hit shots, but it's how you deal with that right. and how you get up there and, you know, and recover. And just every – you're never giving up. You're always trying to do the next one, the next one. And I I said, look, you just got to – it's a continuous repetition um, of – of your, of you and your mind. And, and when, when someone says golf's 90% mental, I said, absolutely it, it is. So I worked with a couple of them yesterday on that. Um, and, and, and they, they realized, you know, we do expect to hit this shot perfectly or that shot perfectly. And I said, look, it's probably not going to happen. So let's just, uh, <laughs> you know, do the best we can. And, and we're all <laughs> trying to get better. And if we can, you you know, control maybe some of those shots that go 50 yards right or left you know that's that's going to be ultimately something that a golf professional can help you do for sure so uh that was that was a big thing yesterday that I that I worked with someone on
1: well that was definitely some great advice and you know Jordan you're you're correct you know in, in your analogy because you know Probably the number one problem that I also see, and and Cindy, I'm sure, uh, is in the top for you as well, is the fact that many of the amateurs get so many thoughts going through their mind that they just don't know how to filter it out. And, and, you know, and if we talk to most golf professionals, and and Jordan, I'm sure you did this when you played out on tour, you know, you might have one or maybe two thoughts when you get up to the ball, and that's it. Where they might have, you know, as you said, 20,000. And the other thing, too, yeah. I think that a lot of them, you know, a lot of them seem to want to strive for the perfect shot, as you said. And the problem with that is if the best players in the world are not hitting every shot perfectly, what makes them think that they're going to hit every shot perfectly? And, you know, because right. they don't practice as much and, and so forth. So I think that, you know, they have to be real with themselves. One other quick question I want to ask you, and then, Cindy, I'm going to hand it over to you. Um, do you think there's a part of the game that again, keeping on this amateur theme for a moment that many of them, and obviously we we want them to practice all parts of their game, but is there parts of the game that you think a lot of amateurs spend way, way, way too much time in areas of their game that they're not spending enough time. And and how would you sort of change that? What would you first uncover? And then how would you sort of put that into perspective?
3: Yeah, definitely. I mean, I think you know in general if you walk up to um a busy golf course that maybe has a good practice facility you're going to see a majority of them on the driving range um and and a lot of times they they head up to the range and the first club they pull out of their golf bag is their driver and they're swinging away swinging away and with maybe no intention in mind but just to um what they always you know I hear I'm I'm just trying to hit it straight. I'm just trying to hit it straight and maybe they'll go through a few other clubs but um you know so my question is always uh you know what is straight where are you aiming where what's our intention and um have you practiced your short game today? <laughs> so those are some of the things that you know and and when I do I do a lot of putting clinics for adults and um and incorporate chipping and putting together, and and I really work on trying to do different things to where it make it somewhat of a game, you know, and I I separate distance control with putting, with direction, with um, alignment, and then we talk about breaking putts, Um, because, you know, putting isn't that fun to practice uh, a lot of times, and especially if you're just randomly just hitting putts. So I try and break it down and maybe give them something. I'll say today you're going to work on your speed control over here, and then you're going to do five putts where you're going to just hit five three footers in a row, and then you're going to come over here and you're going to do some lag putts. You know, so uh, definitely short game and and chipping and putting is something that um, I don't think many people spend enough time practicing, and maybe it's just because they're having more fun trying to just you know, take big swings and hit the ball. So I think one of the biggest things is just see if we can teach them how to have a little bit more fun chipping and putting. And I think they'll start seeing that um, that's where their scores are going to help go down faster than anywhere
1: else. Yeah, I I agree. And I think, you know, you kind of alluded to it, uh, and that is, you know, practicing with a purpose. Uh, most of our amateur golfers as as all three of us could attest to get out there and they're just sort of willy nilly hitting golf balls out and and you're exactly right. I don't care what golf course you go, whether it's on the East coast, West coast or somewhere in between uh, 90% of the people are up there with their driver or or maybe one or two other clubs trying to hit it straight out in the driving range. And you go over to, you know, the putting green or the bunker area or what have you. And there's hardly anybody there for the majority of the day. And, you know, and yet that's where most of the scoring happens is in that, that short game area. Um, Cindy, go ahead.
0: I'm going to shift states a little bit. You recently finished second in the LPGA TNCP National Championship, which has earned you a spot in the 2020 KPMG Women's PGA Championship at Aeronomy. Yes. And uh, congratulations. Thank I you. Thank you very you. much. Um, <laughs> So, and you played on the Symmetra Tour, and you played on the LPGA Tour, and you lost your card, and you went back to the mini-tour. What uh, made you decide, I'm done with this, and I want to teach golf instead of play it for a living full-time?
3: Um, I think when, I mean, I, I played almost, it, it was close to, eight years on and off LP uh, Futures Tour, uh, one full year on LPGA, back and forth. And um, I finally got to the point where I realized how unhappy golf was making me at the time. And it was really, um, I think the last two years were probably um, just such a struggle for me. Um, you know, on the golf course, when you start thinking about uh, what you have to do on the golf course in order to maybe play the next week, or maybe stay in a hotel instead of a housing, or you start thinking about all these things, and golf becomes more—you know—it's definitely not as much of a game. It's—it was—it was a job, and it was a job I was starting to hate and not get paid for because I wasn't doing uh, a very good job with it, and and it was just the cycle that um i just couldn't get out of and i it was so much pressure on every swing over every putt and um it just wasn't fun anymore and i just needed i needed to uh i needed a break i needed to get out and i really stopped loving the competition which for me, I mean, that was part of the reason I I loved playing was just the competition, and I liked the pressure, and I liked um, all of those things, and, and it became, um, became a struggle daily in questioning why am I doing this. I don't have much to show for it in my bank account at the end. I can't keep going. Uh, and uh, I decided I needed to change it up somehow, and um, a friend of mine was – teaching uh up at stratton mountain resort and they said come on up there you can shadow us for a couple weeks learn from us see if it's something you want to do and i went up there and it was the first time in a long time i felt like i had accomplished something by helping someone else out with their golf game and it was a sense of accomplishment that i hadn't felt on the golf course in a long time and i was like that's it i'm done (laughs) i'm done i need to move on and this isn't for me
0: Are you there?
1: Well said. Yes. yes.
0: Well, I might lose you. I'm going to the mountains by Salamanca, New York, uh, on my way back from New York City. But I, I totally agree with you, and I think, <clears throat> you know, I went through the same thing. I lost my card, and I tried really, really hard, and I was like, you know, I'm not getting paid for this, and I don't have any money, and you just feel like a failure. Yes. And and I don't like feeling like a failure. And and our son did the same thing. I mean, my husband played on the PGA Tour for 15 years and, and made enough money and played in the Masters five times. But it, at the end, it's like, you know what? I, I didn't like everyone saying, well, why'd you miss the cut? And, yeah. you know, what's wrong with you? And it's like, you know, do you not think I'm trying to fix myself? I That's all I'm trying to do is fix myself. And, again, you try too hard then you can't produce the shots. But I also think it's funny because the guys I played with yesterday were awesome and they were all more mature players and really good players. They all knew who Alan Miller was. They all had friends of Alan, you know, Downing Gray and Vinnie Giles and all these guys. So it was, they respected Alan's accomplishments and I I love being around people who strive and aspire to be, do, and have more. And so I don't believe that um, we're all supposed to be stars on the tour. Right. And, and I, they asked me questions about, you know, well, you know, did you enjoy playing? Yes, I enjoyed playing. And I've always been an underdog and I've always tried to achieve more. But I said, you know what? I am really talented at helping people get better, and that's what I'm good at. So we talked about the Legends Tour, and I said, you know, I, I understand that Julie Engster and Laura Davies are going to win the tournament. I'm not supposed to really be trying to compete. I'm here to serve the audience, and and I think that that's it's been such a release for me to be like, oh, it's not that you suck and you can't play well. It's I have a different gift and talent, and. They don't want to help you get better because they want to play. And so, right. you know, again, some of these kids that are trying to play, which we interview the winner of the week's, you know, tournament prior to our show <clears throat> from the Semester Tour, and, and our son said to me when he quit playing, I don't want to work at the club. I want to be a member of the club. Right. And I'm like, oh, there you go. Good. So, you know, now he's got a job and he's playing in the Crump Cup next week at Pine Valley. And, you know, so it's like it's okay not to be the star. Find what your gifts and talents are. You know, bloom where you're planted. So thank you for being honest, Jordan. I love you. Yeah,
3: absolutely. Um, It's no fun being a failure, and you're you're absolutely correct. Um, I absolutely started feeling like a complete failure. And I remember my caddy that worked with me a lot when I was on uh, the L T J Tour. And uh, at the end of the year, when, when I lost my card, it's just you feel like such a failure. And you're like, what in the world? This is the worst thing ever. And he was an older gentleman who was basically volunteering his time with me. And he said to me, he said, you have no idea what you've accomplished, and you can't see it right now. And you are so far not a failure. But when you can understand this there's, this, there's more to what you can do than, than this. And at the time, I didn't understand that. And I'm like, this is an embarrassment. You know, this is awful. Um, but you really do start seeing what you're maybe meant to be doing. And I'm very thankful that I had the opportunity to play on the L P J Tour. And I played for so many years. Um, but, yeah, I, it's just definitely right now doing what I'm doing is much more fulfilling um, than I ever really felt uh, as a player. So time to, you know, move on. And it's fun that I, I, I'm enjoying competition again, but is it something I'm going to ever do full-time again? No, absolutely, probably
0: not. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And, and that's okay because you're yeah. giving people, you know, you're helping others rather than, Shining the light on yourself,
3: you're right. shining it
0: on others. But, right. uh, side note, in a week and a half, we are playing together in a team event and we do plan on kicking the butt, right? Yes, absolutely, we do. <laughs> I'm not stupid. Well t- said. Ted, t- t- I, I find the people that can hit it 100 yards <laughs> by me and choose them as a partner.
1: <laughs> That's right. Well said. Well, let me, let me just say to both of you, you're both stars in my book, and, and you know, Jordan, let me just add very quickly, um, you know, this thought, and, and, and Cindy, I know you already know this. Um, I, I think you're, you're right. You, you have to find your gifts and talents, but the fact that you both went out there and tried your best on tour, um, you can look back and say, well, you know what, at least I tried. You won't look back and regret and say, I, you know, I, I wish I had gone out there at least given it a shot. You can both honestly say that and and you have successes. whether you won the tournament or not, you had successes because you gained valuable knowledge that now you can pass on to your students. You can say, "I know what it's like to play out there with the, with the, with the best of the best and uh, you know whether you won or not is irrelevant. I mean yes, you would have loved to both you know won here and there and, and different things, and you do win in other ways, but you've both gained a, a wealth of knowledge and Cindy, you know as many people that have come on this show, um, that, that you've invited on all say the same. You're one of the best in the industry uh, and they value the gifts and talents that you bring and give back to, to this uh, wonderful game. So uh, never sell either one of you never sell yourself short because you guys have some big talent in many ways. Um, Jordan, let me just ask you because I, I don't want us to run out of time here. Uh, give us a chance to uh, tell us a little bit about uh, uh, JL Golf.
3: Um, well... Uh Jail Golf has been about five years in the making. Um, when I first uh, basically retired from playing, uh, I, I was, like I said earlier, I was shadowing at a couple different golf schools. I was um, going and just trying to get help with, you know, how do I now teach this information and everything that I do? Um, you know, How do I actually get this out and, and help people do this? So, um, I started teaching for different golf schools, and um, then applied for. A, I just needed a job, a full-time job, obviously. And uh, it happened to be in Guilford, Connecticut, at Great River Golf Club. Uh, they were they had a position for assistant director of instruction. Uh, it was everything I was looking for. It was a great salary, benefits, everything, the full package. Uh, the problem was it was in. It was in New England, and I wasn't really looking at that time. I was living in Tampa, Florida, my entire career since college. Um, so I took the leap, went to went to uh, Connecticut, thinking I'd be there for a couple of years and um, move closer to my family uh, somewhere in the Midwest. Um, but that was about 11 years ago. So I worked for Great River for six years. Great experience. Um, ran a lot of tournaments, programs, taught as much as I could, and at the end, I started really wanting to teach more, and I just felt like, you know, too much of my time was was geared in other places at this, it was a high-end corporate club, um, and, you know, I had an offer down the road. Uh, a, a general manager at the time said to me, you know, we really need help with instruction here. Um, is there any chance you would come over? think about it at the time I was like no absolutely not I'm not leaving my cushy job uh, to come over and just teach and and gradually I got more and more uh, frustrated and really just wanted to teach so I went back to him I said well I would love to do this what what's the deal and he said you can either do this as your own business um, or you could work for us and um, I thought about it a lot and with the help of my family and, and everyone around me they said just go for it Go for it. Do your own thing. And, uh, you know, the first probably two months after I left Great River and opened my own business, I, you know, definitely panicked for uh, a good month or so thinking, what did I just do? <laughs> but um, it's, become, it's become amazing. Um, you know, I create all my own golf programs. Um, I teach a lot of adults because it is a semi-retirement community uh, where this golf course is located. So there are a lot of adult um, programs that I teach, and it's been fabulous. Uh, I really enjoy it. Um, uh, I'm slowly building more juniors. It's just there aren't a lot of juniors that are at the club. They have to come from other clubs to me um, to take lessons. So I'm slowly building a a high school program. I have junior groups um, all summer long. Um, But throughout the entire year, I I teach – lot of a lot of women they do a lot of beginner clinics um, all the way up to some pretty advanced players I've taught every single uh, winner of our club championship men women middle level uh, they all have come to me so it's been a lot of fun getting to know the members and building my my program and and I teach all all people from all over the the area and I I hope I'm I'm starting to gain a little bit of a reputation of of being uh, a a good teacher. As I do put 100% into everything, you know, with every student, and it's just been a thrill to be able to grow and um, you know help others accomplish whatever their goal is, whether it's breaking 100 or or breaking uh 75 whatever it is you know helping them it's it's been an awesome experience so far
1: well i think you um i would concur i think you made the right decision um you know any any step regardless of what you do in life it's always going to be a little bit scary uh at first but i think if you win it with a positive attitude and and with the thought that you know what just like I, i said earlier about playing on tour at least You know, you and and Cindy and and others as well, uh, you know, made that effort to go out and and try it out on tour. And, okay, after a while you came to the realization, okay, this is not for me, but at least you can look back and say that you tried. So, obviously, JL Golf is going to be a a great success. You've taken something and you've made it your own. And now what you're going to do is give all of that knowledge and experience that you've gained over the years in your own play and your own uh, understanding of golf and pass that on, uh, to not only women, but juniors as well uh, as time progresses. So kudos to you for, for doing that and, and taking that, that uh, leap of faith, if you will. Um, let me just ask Thank you dear. one other quick question, and then we'll have to wrap up. Because um, you said that you're, you're starting to work with juniors. Do you find it easier or more difficult to teach juniors than uh, adults?
3: Um, I don't know if either one is, is easier or harder. I think... Um the number one thing is if that junior or adult is there with a willingness to learn and they want to be there and they really have the desire to learn then it's it's I'm not going to say it's easy to teach but it's it's much easier to to work with them. So if a junior comes to me, you know, um and you can tell that's not something they want to do, uh, they don't want to be there. This is mom and dad getting there. I still am going to give it 100%, but those are the ones that are a lot harder. And, and I do have a few adults that I think, you know, sometimes are there with that same intention. But a lot of times um, <clears throat> there's there's a lot of kids that are there in the beginning that may not want to be there, and those are the ones that are harder for me. Um, and But as, as soon as anyone, no matter what age they are, no matter what level they are, If they're there and you can tell they have this willingness and this desire to learn, um, whatever that is, age level or skill-wise, those are the ones that that, uh, are definitely the ones that I enjoy working with the most, obviously, because they just soak it in. They ask questions. You can tell they're going to put the effort in. Um, So I I don't know if, if there's one easier age group or the other. I think it's more of the mindset that they have that makes it easier or harder
1: right. Well said. Um, Cindy, go ahead.
0: I totally agree with you. The give a rep meter has to be up there. Mm-hmm. So how do our listeners find you? Um, well, I have a website, Um
3: They can go on my website and um, look at some of the programs that I have to offer. Uh, I'm also available by email, uh, jordanlentzgolf at gmail.com. And um, I'm able to teach members and non-members, so I'm open to um, anyone in the, in the area or that wants to uh, travel and see me.
0: Perfect.
1: Very good. Um, well, we've got to wrap up, but I've got one final question for both of you. Um, what's going to be the strategy? What's going to be this, the Miller-Lintz uh, strategy uh, in this upcoming event?
3: Well, I don't know uh cindy i i mean obviously i I uh know the golf course uh, <laughs> that we're playing um but i'm probably i I don't normally hit my driver at oranoke very very often because it's very narrow uh and not a lot of room for airs, but I don't know we might we might have to find some sort of a strategy where we're just going for it and see what happens
0: yeah, I'm just going to follow what you. She- tells me to do because it's very <laughs> tight i do remember that it's very tight and it's very tricky and you have to know where you're going or you're going to shoot a billion. yes <laughs> so Absolutely. i'm just going to follow what she says and then hit it in the fairway on the green and hopefully make some putts and if we do that we will win that sounds like a good plan
1: perfect i, I think that's you, a, a one, yeah i think that yeah, I think that's a wonderful strategy. Jordan, thank you very much for joining Sydney uh, and I this morning here on the Women of Golf Show. It's been an honour and a pleasure to have you uh, be a part of the show, and you're welcome to come back anytime. And And uh, if you guys uh, pull the wind through uh, in in the, the week to come, uh, come on back and we'll we'll celebrate together. But thank you very much, Jordan, for joining us this morning.
3: Well, thank you. Thanks so much for having me. It's It's been an honour. Thanks, right. Have a great thank day. Thank you, Jordan. Thank you. You too.
1: Alright, bye- bye bye-bye all right that was our very special guest on the second half jordan Lynch, uh l p j class a professional uh and uh what a great uh a great positive attitude that she has and she's so right Cindy you know um you know when she talks about if if you come with the the right mindset um you know and a willingness to learn and 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 improve uh it makes our job that much easier would you agree? Absolutely, absolutely. All right. Well, that's our show. We appreciate you tuning in this morning. And on behalf of Cindy Miller uh, and I, I'm Ted Roderico. Thank you very much for joining us uh, this morning here on the Women of Golf show, and we will see you next week uh, with another great show here on the Women of Golf. God bless everybody, and thank you very much for listening. Thanks, Cindy.
0: Thanks, Ted. Bye-bye.
1: Thanks for listening this morning to the Women of Golf Show. Tune in live each week by visiting blogtalkradio.com forward slash womenofgolf or on any of these social media platforms, iTunes, Stitcher, TuneIn, CastBox, Live, and of course, Spotify. If you can't join us live, check out our on-demand section for previously aired broadcasts. To get updates for future shows and upcoming guests, you can follow us on Facebook at Women of Golf. You can also follow me on Twitter at Ted and Buck CEO and Cindy at Cindy Miller Golf. Please remember to join us next week on the Women of Golf Show. See you next time. This has been a production of the iGolf Sports Network.